Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from Neo4j, and here we are again recording another episode of our Graphistania Graph Database podcast. And tonight I have a dear colleague of mine on the other side of this uh, uh, Google call, and that's uh, Amy Hodler. Amy, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Hi, Rick. Uh, pleasure to be here. Fantastic. Amy, I, um, you know, you've, you've been leading the charge at Neo4j uh, for the graph analytics and AI program. And I'd love to know a little bit more about that. So tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and how you got into the wonderful world of graphs. Wonderful. Would love to. So, uh, so I work as a program manager uh, in the marketing team. So what that means is, uh, and I'm focused completely on graph analytics and AI and, and machine learning, um, those uses for, for graphs. Uh, so so what, I, what, what does that mean? Well, it, it means I, I wear a lot of hats. Um, I do a lot of um, content. I create a lot of content. I just finished uh, co-authoring a book on graph algorithms, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, I also do presentations, uh, speaking, generate content uh, like a uh, like you you might expect a product uh, marketing manager to do. Uh, but then I also do evangelism and assist with um, training and things of that nature. Absolutely, and I've read I've I've read uh, some of the stuff that you've produced, and I've used some of the material that you've produced. Um, mm -hmm. But tell us a little bit about right. the book. You know, what 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 are you what have you been working on? Well, um, the book is called Graph. It's an O'Reilly book, and it will be published uh, the, in the spring. So coming up spring 2019, uh, it is focused on graph algorithms with practical examples in Apache Spark and Neo4j. And our focus of the book uh, was really to help people who are um, new to using graph analytics and graph algorithms uh, to give them a sense for uh, what the algorithms could do versus regular analytics and focus on the classic graph algorithms. And classic graph algorithms usually fall into three general areas. They are uh, pathfinding, so how do I find an optimal route from A to B or the most cost-effective route from A to B? Uh, centrality, which is about finding the most significant and influential node or nodes within your network. And then community detection, which is pretty much what it sounds like. Um, how do things group together or potentially might split apart? That's really interesting. And it's kind of a stretch for, for the traditional Neo4j community, right? Because Neo4j traditionally has been more around, you know, OLTP style workloads where, you know, we do transactions and, you know, keep data safe and all of that kind of wonderful stuff. But this is a, it, this is a little bit different, right? It's more, more uh, you know, analytical, yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it is a little different and you are um, enter, entry into this area a few years ago started because we had customers that wanted to do more global analysis. So you can think about a pattern based queries that you might do in Cypher um, that you know, Neo4j users might be really familiar with as uh, very locally focused, you, you know, um, and pattern focused, you know exactly what you're looking for. I want to find, I want to match this thing that has this type of relationship to this other thing. And so you really, you know, you know the pattern you're trying to look and you're probably looking um, are doing an analysis that's very, um, very much around a particular node or area of your graph. 
And when you think about graph algorithms, uh, a lot of people are starting to call them uh, computational algorithms. So graph computational algorithms are more global in nature. So you're looking at trying to understand um, more about the structure of your overall graph. Um, I have a large network. I want to know. I want to know where the lumpy bits are. I, I want to know where things are um, bunched up together. I want to know where the hubs and spokes are. I want to understand um, in general um, who or what is a bottleneck in my network. So looking at things more um, kind of at the, the larger holistic. And, that, and that's traditionally something that, uh, you know, you need very specific types of, you know, hardware, software for it and uh, and algorithms and stuff like that, right? And I guess that's where, where the new book comes in to explain that new architecture. Yes, definitely. And it, the algorithms um, are very specific. I mean, they are graph algorithms based on graph, traditional graph theory. Um, they are very specific to the analysis of uh, based on relationships, which, as we know, relationships are very important when you're studying graphs and, and networks in, in general. We do also talk a bit about the underlying platforms uh, and uh, what, uh, what kind of choices you may want to make, depending on what kind of analysis um, you're, you're trying to do. Uh, one of the things that we found working with current Neo4j customers is uh, there's a little bit of a gray area overlap between your traditional transaction process and your, your analytics process. And the more you can bring um, that together, those workflows together in a single uh, paradigm or, or uh, platform, it just makes it easier um, for your data sciences to, to iterate quicker um, using more um, real-time or, or fresher information. And then your transactional side of the house um, doesn't have to stop and pause uh, to provide somebody with updated information and they can also use those um, use the uh, insights from the analytics to then um, develop more uh, targeted uh, processing. I think the the technical term is HTAP these days, right? Uh, hybrid uh, yes. transactional analytical processing. I think uh, I think I read that somewhere. Um, yes. uh, absolutely right yeah. Uh, fantastic. Well, but uh, before I forget, you know, you you wrote this book together with uh, an, a dear European friend of ours, right? Yes, uh, Mark Needham was my co-author on on the book, uh, which is a, was a fantastic experience to have um, somebody with such a different skill set than myself and yep. to work back and forth, um, which I would highly recommend if uh, anybody is working on, um, I don't know if I want to say any book, but uh, certainly any technical book is to uh, not go it alone and to uh, to definitely work with um, with a co-author and, uh, you know, and kind of enjoy that back and forth and having that uh, other point of view to how things are explained and uh, brought along. Yeah, fantastic. And, you know, Mark is such a such a fantastic member of our community and uh, dear friend and colleague, uh, I, which reminds me that I need to get him back onto the podcast on one of these weeks. Um, but maybe we can switch gears a little bit and can I ask you a little bit, you know, how you got into graphs and why you got into graph algorithms and analytics specifically, you know, what, 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 what makes it so interesting for you? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to talk about that. Uh, yeah, so so it's kind of an interesting story because my background really wasn't in um, analytics specifically or mathematics, but I've always enjoyed uh, math. And 
uh, started to uh, get a little more into analytics probably about eight years ago or so. And during that time period, I read two books that had a, a pretty big impact on, um, and I would say are actually responsible for me getting into to graph. One was A Black Swan uh, by uh, Nicholas Taleb. Um, or Nis- Yes, uh, Nassim Nicholas. Uh, And that's about understanding um, risk and risk analysis and um, uh, looking at things that uh, without knowing, uh, it's it's the unknown unknowns, if you will, uh, of risk. And the other book at the same time I read was called The Information by James Gleck, which is a beautifully written history of uh, information theory and the study of information itself. And during that time, reading those two books together really uh, got me down the path of uh, complexity studies and network science. And the idea, um, the ideas that the analysis or the analytics I had already started to get involved with um, was very reductionist. So we would take a, you know, and, and this is still very common, is that you you have a large amount of data, um, maybe it represents a complex system, maybe it represents traffic, I mean, it could be, it could represent the human body, whatever it might be. And traditionally, um, a reductionist approach would would say, okay, how can I break these things? How can I break this complex thing up into a whole bunch of constituent parts? And if I understand the constituent parts, I must, I will therefore understand the larger picture. And that's just not true. So if you think about breaking the human body down to cells, if you understand a cell, you don't know anything or very little about how glucose is metabolized in the system. You have to understand relationships and how things interact. And so network science, yeah, yeah. So you, whether you're talking about traffic or, or banks yeah. and economic System-wide effects and stuff like that, right? So, yes, yeah. yeah. And so I got very, very interested in network science um, and just studying, you know, how do you study these complex things that interact and have weird emergent behavior? And as I started to get involved in that, I started to take some online courses and lo and behold, graph theory came up because graph is the math that is used. Graph theory and graph mathematics uh, is the uh, is what is used to study um, uh, networks or it's one of the ways you can use to, to study networks and the graph algorithms are purposely built to study these complex relationships. And so that's how I came to graph and um, it was really just kind of the the love of trying to understand how things work as a holistic system that kind of brought me into graphs and the algorithms. Fantastic! Yeah, no, I I, I can totally relate to that, and <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I I've been trying to explain my kids, you know, that little uh, video about uh, I think it's Yosemite, how wolves change rivers. Uh, yeah. it, I've, I've been trying to explain that to my kids and it kind of summarizes, you know, these system-wide effects sometimes, you know, and uh, yeah. I, I love that story. So let's talk a little bit about the future, if you don't mind, you know, um, where, where, where is this, uh, this beautiful path taking you and, uh, and us <laughs> with you? Um, yeah. what, what does the future hold, Amy, if you had a crystal ball? Well, I, I think, um, you know, from a, uh, I'll start off near near term, like just kind of uh, at arm's reach, kind of Neo4j and, you know, kind of my path and, and our path as we work together is, I, I think we're going to see more um, more algorithms added to our libraries, as you would imagine, we're, we're always doing that. 
Um, but I think the scope of not just more uh, numbers of algorithms, um, but also the focus of those algorithms will kind of span out. So we, the book includes um, the, the three classic areas of graph algorithms, um, but there's also not so classic graph algorithms like similarity um, that we've started to add. And uh, then you, I think you're going to see that plus more machine learning um, processing. Uh, type of algorithms added as, as well, or things that can help you cleanse data and get it ready for machine learning. And then there are other types of algorithms that are even more holistic um, that look at um, the typology of a graph as well. So you can kind of understand the, um, the shape of graphs and the shape of uh, how data is within the graph, how the nodes within the graphs are um, uh, are uh, connected, and I think you're so. I think the expansion of the the different types of, of algorithms um, you're going to see over the next um, the next few years, and then I think the just getting more um, examples for people of use cases is something we're going to be working a lot on because one of the things that um, I've found is, and I, I believe um, probably you can relate to as well is that we're, we're in the process right now of providing people these very powerful tools with the graph algorithms and showing them examples of how to use it in, in the book. Um, but they need, but, but a lot of people need more. Um, they, uh, they, they need more examples. They need uh, more workflow. Um, so what do I do to my data before it gets in the graph? What do I do after it's in a graph? Before, um, you know, before, if I want to take it over into machine learning, then what? If I want to look at specific types of um, problems, is it better to use label propagation community detection or Louvain um, community detection? And it's not really an easy answer. There's no black and white. And I think that's the hard part. If there was, we would have already published something. Um, but what we can say is if your problem is kind of like this and your data is kind of like that and you're trying to, uh, you know, your end goal and your question is somewhere, you know, like this other thing, these are the three or four you might want to start with and watch out for the super node if you're doing it or these are the three or four you want to start with and be careful that you're not overly connected um, and you only have one community. So I think there's, I think you're going to see, so I guess to summarize a lot of those thoughts, you're going to see different types of algorithms come into our library and you're going to see more guidance on um, use cases and how to fit um, certain use cases to um, certain sets of uh, tools. You, you very skillfully avoided the word AI during the entire podcast, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought you might bring it up at uh, looking at the future, but <laughs> uh, any, 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 does it relate any, in any way to you know, you know this hype? buzzword of, of artificial intelligence do you think yeah absolutely and i it's probably because um, you, all of us that get deep into the weeds on certain tools um like to talk about the the details of the tools and and what sure. they can do as opposed to kind of the, the bigger use case and i do think um i view ai as as a use um it's a it's a goal um, to have some kind of a probabilistic model to make decisions similar to the way humans um, do. So it, to me, it's a goal and it's a use case. It's not a specific type of technology equals AI. Um, so that's why I, in my mind, I kind of separate out, you know, the use case versus the technology. Um, but 
the technology underpinning that and a, a lot of um, what graphs can do to enhance um, AI is in the machine learning and to improve the machine learning. So graphs have this opportunity to add context to AI solutions. And we've already seen that in things like uh, if you think about a knowledge graph with, with natural language processing and a, a chat bot, graphs can add context to improve accuracy. Um, so that's kind of one way that we might think about it. Um, but also, if we if we want to get a little more into the weeds on um, the, the machine learning, um, Graph is also being shown, and, and we included a, an entire chapter on graph-enhanced machine learning, specifically with feature extraction and, and connected feature extraction in the book. Uh, and in, the, in that chapter, we actually show that adding graph features to your machine learning model, extracting those features out, um, actually improve the classification that we do. Um, we actually use a, a random forest classifier. It improves the model for classification and improves the accuracy and um, prediction and the recall rates in our link prediction. So we can show that, and, it, and that actually is really fascinating to me because we looked at um, we used a citation network and tried to predict that people in the future are going to work together, going to be co-authors, which I just now occurred to me that's kind of meta that we co-authored a book with a chapter. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, very, very meta, exactly. Yes. Very, I just realized that. Um, but looking at the studies around that, it, it, the graph features alone weren't the most predictive. Um, Non-graph features alone weren't the most predictive. Um, basic statistical analysis weren't the most predictive. But when you brought these different features together, to, almost like an ensemble, um, if you will, uh, it, they were overall together um, improved the predictions. So, and I think that's an interesting, if we think about future directions of graph, um, I, I, and graph algorithms and, and analytics in general, is I think we're going to see them be added um, to a lot of other processes. So machine learning is hot right now. AI is really hot right now for, for valid reasons. Um, but you know, it's it's not that graph is going to come in and be the end all be all for everything in your, you know, fill in the blank in your machine learning or your AI, but they can make your predictions more accurate. Um, they can help uh, filtering just so you can be more efficient in your machine learning. Filter down your data, um, don't do it manually, uh, things, things of that nature. So I think you're gonna see that in the future is that graph become a way, graphs become a way to enhance different um, AI and machine learning processes. That is a fantastic and a great summary to uh, wrap up our uh, recording for tonight, I think. And um, so I, I really do want to thank you for uh, for coming online and doing this uh, with me. And uh, it's, it's going to be a great book, I'm sure, and a great uh, uh, set of links that we'll provide in the podcast transcription as well. Um, so thank you so much, Amy. It was, uh, it was great to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Rick. It was a pleasure speaking with you. And I, I love this topic. I'm looking forward to uh, getting feedback on the book and hearing how people actually put it into practice. That's what we'll do. Thank you, Amy. Have a nice evening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.